Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 209 of our Keeping Up with the King series. This is Mike Mills, and this is the Run of the Mills podcast, and we are in Matthew chapter 20, and we are down at verse 29. If you're following along with us, I'd encourage you to... Uh, I'd encourage you to do so. Get a Bible if you've got one. If you're in a spot where you can't, well, I'm going to read it to you. Uh, so that'll make it a little easier. But uh, hey, here we go. Verse 29 it says, Now, as they went out of Jericho, a great multitude followed him. So um, this is where Jesus is heading out of Jericho back towards uh, Jerusalem. And so uh, something to keep in mind. Now, as they went out of Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men, sitting by the road, when they heard that Jesus was passing by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. All right, so they're walking down the road. There's two blind men sitting by the by the road. And they hear Jesus is coming. And they cry out and say, Have mercy on us, O son of David. And they're crying out. All right, so this all makes sense. There's a couple uh, blind men probably begging, sitting on the side of the road. And they hear Jesus is coming. And so... They can't see him, obviously, so they start crying out to him. They don't know what in the crowd where he is, uh, so it only makes sense, you know, that they cry out, and that's what they do. Then the multitude warned them that they should be quiet, but they cried out all the more, saying, "Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David." All right, so this is interesting. There's a multitude of people with Jesus following him, whether they're disciples or uh, just the crowd, right? They're following along with him. And the blind men are crying out. And the response from the multitude is rather tragic, right? The multitude doesn't like say, hey, Jesus, here's some blind guys. They don't say, come on over. Hey, we'll make a way for these guys to get to Jesus. Instead, sadly, they're a hindrance. They're a hindrance to those who are wanting and desiring to come to Jesus. And the tragic thing about this to me is it strikes way too close to home. I've seen way too many times in my short life, I've seen way too many times where the multitude, the the ones who are following after Jesus. And uh, if you couldn't see me there, which you can't, there's some air quotes going on there in the following after Jesus, the multitude surrounding him, that when those come crying out to him, they're hindered by those who are supposed to be his followers in all different ways. In all different ways, uh, and, and it can be. It can. In, I'll give you an example. Uh, years ago, I was at a church on on Easter Sunday, and the pastor started preaching about the importance of dressing up in your very best when you come to church. Give God your best. Don't show up here in your raggedy clothes. And I remember thinking at the time how tragic that would be if somebody was coming to that church for the first time on an Easter Sunday who didn't have any nice clothes or they came wearing the wrong clothes. And as soon as he made the comment about your raggedy clothes, they either stopped listening or felt unwelcome or whatever to, to, I can't come because I don't, I don't look right. I'm not dressed the part. 
you know, I saw a church that had a sign um, out in front and it said something like, you know, um, God created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And I thought, you know, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But what you're saying is it's a keep out sign. It's a keep out sign. You might think you're being clever in stating, look, this is uh, this is our biblical stance or whatever. But what you're doing is you're putting a big we hate you sign out front, you know, and that might not be your intention. But does that sign draw people in or does it keep lost people out? And I hate to say it, but I think you're keeping lost people out. You know, um, I've seen all sorts of, I've seen, um, had a family come to a a church where I was uh, years ago and I got to know the family a little bit. And they told me that the first time they came to the church, they were sitting down and some people came in and told them, "Uh, you're sitting in our seats. Now, at the church, we didn't have any assigned seating, but you did find, and some of you may have experienced this, that at some certain churches, there are people that sit in the same church, in the same pew or the same seat every week. They always sit in the same spot. And that's what was going on, apparently. And somebody sat in their spot. And rather than saying, oh, new people, guests, welcome, you know, they said, you're sitting in my seat. And the family got up and moved. Now, thankfully, they didn't get up and just leave the church altogether and say, wow, these people are not very welcoming because they weren't being very welcoming. But again, it's these things that we need to be careful about as Jesus followers that we're not pushing people away from Jesus. You know, I've seen a lot of Christian people um, making um, very large and very visible political displays. And I always have to wonder, like, you know, I understand you're supporting a candidate, but at a certain point, does that support of a candidate push people away? Now, you, you might have a debate on this one or not, um, but I think it's worth I think it's worth considering and thinking about. Are we as a crowd? Are we as a crowd telling people to stay away? People that are trying to get to Jesus, are we the ones who are telling them to be quiet? Now, there's another aspect of this I think we need to uh, we need to consider, and that is this: that there are those telling the men to be quiet, to be quiet. But what is awesome about these guys is they don't. The crowd tells them to be quiet, and they don't. Now, there is a very big crowd telling us to be quiet right now, telling those of us that are seeking Jesus to be quiet. And sadly, for a large part, the church is publicly been silenced to a large degree. Um, People, I've noticed this in especially younger people, they have been convinced that talking about religion is bad manners. And so they don't talk about religion and they don't know how to talk about religion. They don't know how to talk about uh, their faith in a, in a way that's, um, that's helpful, useful, or, um, I think of another another way to say it, but yeah, they just they just don't have the skill set, and they're not comfortable doing it, partially because they bought into this idea that that you're not supposed to do that. 
you know, here are these guys crying out on the street and the people are like, shh, be quiet, be quiet. But thankfully, they're not quiet. They keep it up. And Jesus stood still and called them and said, what do you want me to do for you? And they said that our eyes may be opened. Now, what's interesting about this is that it seems really that the, the ones who really had their eyes opened in this whole situation were the blind guys. They're the ones recognizing, like, I need him. I, they recognize their own condition, their own physical blindness. And it's one of those tragic things because you look around and there's those who aren't recognizing their, their spiritual blindness. And this is, a, a, I think this is another common thread uh, amongst, amongst people, that we tend to be blind to our own conditions. It's so easy for us to be in that where we just don't even see it. And I've definitely been this way at times where somebody brings something up to me and I realize like, oh my gosh, I've been so blinded to the way I've been treating people or I've been so blinded by my, my, by my pride or whatever that I'm missing out on things, you know? And I see other people that are so blinded um, by their, like they're, they, they have this idea like that they're, they're super spiritual and yet they're, they're blinded to the truth of how, what they're doing is not biblical at all, but they've embraced it and they've, they're becoming proponents of things that are not scriptural factor, the opposite of that. And yet here they are proclaiming themselves to be super spiritual apostles, prophets or whatever. And yet what they're promoting and what they're teaching is not consistent with God's word and they're blinded to it. And so here we have this group, this group of people who are telling those who need Jesus most to be quiet. But the good news is the ones who continue to cry out, Jesus just stops and he stood. It didn't matter what the crowd was saying because the ones who were crying out to him, he hears them and he has compassion on them. And what is their response when their eyes are opened? When Jesus responds to their cry, when they say, son of David, have mercy on me, they follow him. They follow him and that's it. That's it. When you cry out to Jesus and maybe this is, maybe you've never done that. Maybe today's the day where you say, this is what I need. I, I need him. I need, I need Jesus. And you cry out to him and say, Jesus, I need you. I don't know what that means. Beyond just, I know I need him. I don't know how he's gonna how he's gonna come through, but I need him. And here's the beautiful thing is that Jesus hears you. And then you know what you do? You get on with following him. You just go, God, I want to do the things that you've said. I want to learn. I want to learn more about you. Start reading the word, start studying it, get to know who Jesus is. Read your Bible, do what it says. You know. When you read something, it's faithful obedience. You read it, you say, all right, this is what Jesus said to do, so therefore, I'm going to do that. I'm going to put into action the things I've read. Because that's what followers do. Followers do what their master says. Followers do what the leader says. You remember follow the leader when you were a kid? Same thing. You do what he did. You do what Jesus did. 
And you, when you read the Bible, you see, hey, Jesus did this, Jesus did that. How do I do that? How do I put that into effect? And then you go out, and in faith, you do it. And in faith, what I mean is, if you do it believing that this is what God wants you to do, and believing that God's going to use it, that's what you do. Well, talk to you more next time. God bless you.